The 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundeal Motors, home to all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. Visit dundeal.ie today to start the search for your next car. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Robbie Weekly. Then the first pass. And Hello everybody and welcome to the 42 Rugby Weekly on this November Friday. Another day, another Interpro, exactly the way it should be. It's Gavin Casey with you here and I am without my rugby men. Murray Kinsella is on his way to Belfast for Ulster versus Munster. Kieran Kennedy is managing his minutes after what, in fairness, was a magnificent shift by him over in France for the Rugby World Cup. But thankfully, I'm not going to go on some sort of Colin Cowherd-style Fox Sports rant-slash-soliloquy. I'm going to instead refer you to conversations we've been having throughout the week for the 42 subscribers on our Rugby Weekly Extra podcast, where we've been building towards Ulster Munster, where we've been building towards Connacht's trip to Edinburgh, where we've been building towards Leinster's trip to Newport as well to face the Dragons and all of the other things that are going on in rugby at the moment. Portugal having a couple of really tasty looking fixtures early next year. All of that was discussed on Rugby Weekly Extra. And if you want to find out more about that podcast before I throw you over to it, it is the42.e forward slash extra. You can sign up there and subscribe to The 42. You get unrestricted access to the website, to all of our podcasts, including Gavin Cooney's brilliant Behind the Line series. But I'm going to give you a little portion of what we were chatting about during the week now. We'll start with a conversation Murray and I had about Munster, and it pertained to their injury troubles at the moment, particularly those suffered recently by Orkje Snyman, and by Joey Carberry as well, both of whom are going to miss months rather than weeks. I asked Murray things like how um, Carberry's absence will affect Munster, given they're so light at 10 at the moment, but equally whether Snyman's injury may influence their recruitment policy in future. And it was just a, a general chat ahead of this Ulster game. Uh, I'm going to play that clip for you now. Let's flip to Munster ahead of this game and a couple of challenges to begin with there. The absence of Joey Carberry now for a number of months, according to Graham Rowntree, with a oh. wrist injury. He's going, undergoing surgery this week. He may have already, as we've recorded. And then you have Orgy Snyman as well, who's going to miss months also with uh, a shoulder slash chest problem, I think they were calling or Yeah, shoulder slash chest. Uh, chest. Um, and again, surgery for him in South Africa, I think, this Friday. And I uh, like... We've said it before about joy is the thing that just on a human level and this very much applies to Snyman as well you really feel for them because like these are guys who've put a lot of work into coming back from lengthy injuries and certainly their form particularly in Carberry's case has been affected by that and you could argue really that his career has been altered by it and his career trajectory has been altered by it I think at this point he's lost momentum at key developmental stages I think for an out half and yet there he was particularly in that first game of the season, performing really well. And it seemed like, you know what, maybe Munster don't have to worry about the absence of Ben Healy and uh, maybe beginning with Carberry, Mer. Like, he's 28 now and he's going to miss another chunk of a season. It's impossible not to feel sympathy for him, but it is actually, I think, a, a concern now for Munster, really, because... Not only are you losing a guy for a significant period of time, but he's just not getting the reps where 
you feel he'll be ready to go even when he comes back like this could could have implications for a longer period of time than just the injury if that makes sense for sure and you're always trying to weigh that up and as I mentioned earlier on durability is something that coaches look at and discuss and rugby's such a brutally physical game that it's really tough for some guys to string games together when they've got that misfortune or that I suppose that habit of getting injured it's it's an awful thing to see and and you do feel for them on, on a human level and particularly with Carberry because Johnny Sexton's retired and while a lot of people have probably written him off in that context he is an experienced international out half he's got a lot of international experience and he would have absolutely seen it as a prime opportunity to really get back on top and grab hold of it a 10 jersey that's how he would have been viewing it although some people might not agree with that and it's just devastating for him in that sense the Simon one again is really worrying and this is the thing I suppose when you have current internationals who aren't Irish internationals it's really tricky because Simon's been injured when he's been at Munster he's gone away and, and managed thankfully for him and for the Springboks to play for them for for important blocks over the, the couple of years and now he's come now he's going to come back to Munster injured again and you have to weigh that up you have to weigh up the cost you have to weigh up then just how game-changing he is when he's on the pitch because we saw it again in the World Cup he played a really important really important role for the Springboks in in them securing that trophy they love him in Munster the, the squad absolutely love him and he's really popular and you know he's settled in well and he's been you know a good influence behind the scenes and he's learned new things but you've got to weigh up what you're spending with what you're getting on the pitch which is really what what matters at the end of the day so I'm sure those things will be part of the decision making that's going on in Munster now and that's what's happening right now it's November they're already planning ahead to next season and the season beyond succession planning who's going to be out of contract John Klein's another one and I know they're going to really work hard to to hang on to him it sounds like they're really keen to keep hold of him because he's a real local isn't he he's a, he's a Limerick man though he's back playing for the Springboks so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Snyman and and they are a few and, and how happy they are to to see you know two NIQ locks in, in one spot so all that stuff is happening in the background at the moment and even around the out half thing there's a bit of chat that they may look at a short term option I don't know if you were chatting about that on, on Monday but to be fair to Tony Butler he came in and did really well and I know that Dragons game was it was like a bit of a training run really wasn't it? a really depleted Dragons team who were even poor at that but I thought he looked really comfortable and quite classy in, in lots of instances and that's a really good story from last weekend as well the, him and Emma, uh, him and um, Coughlin at Scrum Half the two Ennis boys really pushing on now that's brilliant to see and I'd love it if if the RFU said now would leave Munster short I'd love if the RFU said no play Tony Butler you've got Jack Crowley there you've got Scanlon, you've got Frisch maybe to cover. It's not ideal. And Munster, I'm sure, will state their case. Listen, if we get into a European game and and we're massively backs against the wall, we need a bit of experience there. So I'm sure they're, they're, they're shopping around. But I kind of think your academy is for this as well. And though that's an unsympathetic view towards Munster, it's a sympathetic view towards Butler's talent and his desire just to, to play. And I think over the last number of years, we've seen when provinces have been... Have been stretched to to push guys in there the academy guys are good to go that talent is it's really good now and and they're not just kids who don't really know what's going on they're all match ready they're all senior rugby ready and and i'd love to see him get another couple of opportunities birch reckons that they would be categorically denied the opportunity to sign a medical joker out half is that your understanding of it as well I, i'm i'm not i'm not 100 sure on that i don't know where it's ended up but yeah, it would, it would surprise me because 
we're kind of out of that phase of Irish rugby. That seems like a 10 years ago kind of thing, doesn't it? Where you had an injury in the centre and you get in some guy from New Zealand for a short term. I remember a scrum half in Munster. I remember a centre in Munster. Guys who I, at the time, didn't think they're actually better than the talent we have. This is, this is what Irish rugby has been working towards is having this layer upon layer of guys who are ready to go. And I think we're at that point. David Newsfor said last November that he thinks we're nearly reaching the point where there's going to be too much talent bubbling under and there won't be enough space for everyone. So when there's injuries like this to more senior players, I think it's a perfect opportunity for for that to happen. And even if Munster did feel the absolute need to have another out half, another senior out half, and they only have Carberry and Crowley, well, then there's players in the other provinces who probably aren't getting a lot of game time at the moment. And I think that's maybe... It. If you're looking at short-term solutions, that's maybe how you how you do it. Just going back to what you were saying about Snyman and his latest setback there, and I guess having to weigh up the value of a signing like him versus the potential risk. And I, I guess the fact that, yeah, he has been, look, he's played more for South Africa and more meaningful minutes for South Africa since being a monster player. That's the reality of it. And I'm not saying it's by design uh, by him necessarily, but it's just an unfortunate reality that he's come back, say, from a World Cup injured. And you look at even at, like, Dwayne, Vermeul- Dwayne Vermeulen at Ulster, who's just announced his retirement, and good luck to him. Unbelievable player. He's going to make a really good coach as well, I think. I'd say Ulster fans probably looked at the Vermeulen uh, before he arrived at Ulster, thinking we're going to get, like, this unbelievable player. And I'm not sure it really materialised in that way, even though he was a very popular guy and a highly influential there. And then you see him at the World Cup playing for the box and unreal like he, he probably was the player that Ulster hoped they were getting mm. I'm asking about South African players this is certainly not a, a South Africa specific thing but just it, it is different with them in that you can sign a marquee guy from South Africa and he can continue to play for the box it's not the case with New Zealand for example where if you sign an all black he's not going to be playing international rugby while he's at your club outside of New Zealand also by the way Bundy Aki did this exact same thing like you look at Aki's season and the trajectory of it last time out up as far as the World Cup he clearly was preparing for the World Cup above all else Mm. and he turns out to be one of the very best inside centres in the world so it's just coincidental really that I'm asking about Snyman and and Vermeulen but do you think it's something that Munster the other provinces have to be mindful of now that when you don't have control over a, a marquee signing like that maybe actually the risks outweigh the rewards given the the nature of the calendar and given the fact that say with South Africans in future for example you're going to have uh, tours of New Zealand or New Zealand coming to them like it just feels like maybe Snyman, Vermeulen a couple of signings like that might not be the way forward long term well the ideal is a really experienced world class performer maybe just beyond their peak, but still at a world-class level, who's not going to be on international duty. And think of some of the greatest imports ever, even in Nathewa, he was in a slightly different bracket, a Doug Howlett, a Scott Fardy, Brad Thorne, people like this who weren't going to be dragged away. And and it is a really interesting dilemma and probably hasn't happened a lot. Like Snyman and Dialende, even De Villiers, when, when he came, they're slightly different category of, of NIQ signings because they're still active in international rugby and even Klein now becomes that dilemma a bit because he was he was brilliant anyway but he was brilliant because he was there all the time and and that core element to your squad is is made up of one of those players that's ideally what you want a, a Fardy who 
in a shitty week when you're going to Rodney Parade is just relentless and he's on top of all the young lads and he's reminding them that that habit they have about not being prepared for a training session is as important as how they perform on the weekend. That's exactly what you want. Whereas your active internationals are obviously away and the risk of injury is, is all the greater. I think if you could be guaranteed that they'd be there for 10 games a season and most of them being playoff games when, as I said, it's a very distinct, different time of the calendar and that's when those big players come into their own we saw it even with Dialende like the bigger the circumstances the bigger the performance you get from from him if you could be guaranteed that ideal and it would be worth your 350k or your 400k or whatever it is but you're not guaranteed that as we're seeing now the unbelievable risk of injury is is there all the time and and Simon's just been rotten rotten luck but you're right I think the provinces and the RFU who sign off on all this stuff will be even more cognizant of, of that fact. That was Murray Kinsler on Wednesday's Rugby Weekly Extra podcast chatting about Munster. We had a far more substantial chat as well about a lot of their younger players who were coming through, the guys who were most exciting, Murray. And yeah, as I say, um, good meaty conversation ahead of this Ulster game tonight. So the 42.e forward slash extra if you want to hear more from that conversation. This Episode of the 42 Rugby Weekly, as it is every Friday, is sponsored by Dundeal Motors, Ireland's favourite and number one car site, with the largest range of premium cars in the country, including brand new cars, electric cars and premium used. On Monday, had a conversation with Bernard Jackman about Ulster's narrow defeat in Connacht and particularly about their out-half picture where Jake Flannery had been pulling up his first few trees in Ulster White over the last few weeks. But he won't start tonight. It's Burns who's been given the reins at 10. And Birch gave his thoughts on that shirt, that berth as a whole, and where he thinks Ulster are going with it, or maybe more accurately, where he thinks they should go with it in future. Here was Bernard Jackman on Ulster at out half. We will chat about the Ireland out half picture a little bit later on because it's kind of open season in theory, and there are guys who will spring into form in those months that you mentioned. But just to bring you back to Jake Flannery, He's finally getting his chance at Ulster. He seems to be taking it as well, not only in terms of his points tally over the weekend, but just in the confidence with which he's playing Birch, it kind of belies his relative lack of experience in that jersey. Yeah, really interesting. Um, So probably haven't been a a fan or an avid watcher of the under-20s. I saw Ben Healy, Jake Flannery and, and Jack Crowley kind of um, come true uh, in consecutive years, and and all were outstanding. Like they were, they were all the main men for those under twenty sides uh, when they played. And uh, obviously, the, all three monster men, and and obviously monster had had Joey as well. Um, so it was always going to be difficult to see how it all unfold. And and Jack had some injuries, and and Ben got the first run, and and and, and Jake uh, Flannery was. Uh, was was there and got a couple of little, got some opportunities, but probably not enough. And and I thought it was a really smart move by Ulster to to give him an opportunity. And then we didn't really see him um, uh, last year as much as we would have liked. And I think he had some knocks and niggles, etc. But he's obviously had a great preseason. Um, he's a very good goal kicker. Uh, he looks confident. He looks comfortable. Um, quite quite tall, athletic uh, profile. And yeah, I I think look, I I don't I don't know if Ulster will win it. Will so I don't I don't think Billy Burns playing ten for Ulster inspires me for confidence that they're going to win trophies. Uh, and that's not just him. They did. I think they they. Uh, but 
Um, we certainly know what you're going to get with Billy Burns, and he's been a big part of Ulster over the last couple of years. But I think Dan McFarland is right to test out Flannery now and see what he can do. And I think, I think what he's shown so far is he's worked persevering with. Not, I'm not saying he has to be number one all the time, but he's definitely worked being in that rotation. Um, and obviously with Maddie can gone now, um, you know he's he's another he's he's very very much up that pecking order so yeah it's uh, it's good to see players like him and, and we all everyone kind of presumes that oh it's only Leinster to have the, the backlog of players and we have to move Leinster players elsewhere uh, well here there was an example where just from a freak freak point of view suddenly over the course of four years or three or four years Munster produced three outstanding tens and obviously Ben Healy's gone to, to play for Scotland and, and best look to him uh, Crowley, you would imagine, um, is number one in, in Munster, um, or, or certainly was at the end of last season. And Jake Flannery may end up being number one in, in, in Ulster, which is, um, I think that's, uh, that's a positive that uh, all three will get to play at the level uh, that we, well, I certainly believe as under 20s that they deserve to play at. That was Bernard Jackman on Monday's Rugby Weekly Extra podcast, the 42.e forward slash extra to subscribe to get unrestricted access to the whole website to all of the podcast offerings, including two additional rugby podcasts a week. And that's my lot for you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the URC action. Enjoy whatever you get up to. We'll be back on Monday for the 42 subscribers. We'll be back in this regular Friday slot as well for non-subscribers next week. And uh, mind yourselves in the meantime. Take it easy. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Driver's got names for the two double barrels. He spits out, rips out.